4: to Good Morning Football and Happy Friday. It is April 22nd. The draft is less than a week away. My name's Kay Adams. Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara. Got anything to say your last day? Yeah.
5: Fridays are great. Fat Guy Friday, I Uh I, I used to uh, call it back in there, you know, Fat Friday. Sure. Before a game, Mm -hmm. it was Gun Show Friday. So Friday is always like the best day of the week. You're ready to rock and roll on the weekend, but you got to sculpt the guns, right, Kyle? Absolutely,
3: Sean. And let's sculpt the guns with this draft. Let's rock and roll here.
4: Time for the lead block. Lead block. block. Let's do it with the big news this week from our own NFL Network insider, Ian Rappaport. Debo Samuels requested a trade from the Niners. Talked about this yesterday. But yesterday, Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, was asked not only about the draft that is in fact six days away, that's true, but also about the possibility of making a trade that would land Debo right here in our backyard.
6: And I'm not going to get into any specifics or hypotheticals, but again, if, if the right opportunity presents itself to make this roster better, we're going to attack it and be aggressive. We expect to be playing in meaningful games in December and tighter games. You know, We feel like we're a better team now than we were at the end of last season, and we're going to get better here in a few days. I can tell you that we have we have 10 players on our board that we'd be very excited to add, add to the team.
4: Just six days from now, the Jets have two picks in the top 10. Both could be impact players, and Joe Douglas is excited for the draft. As you just heard, it's should the Jets offer that 10th overall pick and maybe more to bring Debo Samuel to New York. I can't believe we're even having this discussion. Pretty crazy. You know,
7: we're in a weird place, but there are know. connections to the Jets. Robert Sala is obviously the head coach okay. of the New York Jets who was there when they drafted Debo Samuel was there when they brought this offensive Debo uh-huh. Samuel and said, Debo, you're going to be more than a wide receiver. You're going to play running back too. But it's not just Robert Sala. Mike LaFleur, Matt's little brother, is the offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. He was the run game, pass game guy when Debo was drafted and was right there. He ran the Jets offense last year, and to Mike's credit, I'm going to give him a mulligan on that offense because when you talk about skill position players, the Jets had a bunch of young guys and a bunch of players that were not going to be adding up with the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins or the New England Patriots last year. And when you think of Debo, why him over Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? Why they might make more sense for the Jets. Okay. The age. Like, the Jets are not winning a Super Bowl this year, so... Devonte Adams going there would have made no sense. I don't think that's where Devonte Adams was going. He's going to play for a contender. Tyreek Hill, the Jets were way in on. Mm-hmm. Even Tyreek's 28. You're getting a 28-year-old wide receiver for a team that has a 22-year-old quarterback and Elijah Moore and Michael Carter as their top skill position players outside of there who are both second-year players. <laughs> Debo at least a little younger, but all that said, I go back to the Jets. Look, they're not winning a Super Bowl next year. Debo comes in. You get this star player that's great, but the Jets have four picks in the top 40. I wouldn't fret if they don't get Debo. Yeah, it makes sense, and if they did, and they offered, say, the 10th overall pick, I wouldn't the next morning be like, that was a silly move. They should... Debo's great. You get Debo, you can get Debo, but if you can't get Debo, I think the Jets are just a fine position with the 4th, the 10th, the 33, and then obviously having one before the 40th pick. I, I don't think the Jets should be stressing out about Debo, but if it falls into their laps and the Niners, niners, the Niners approach them, I would listen to them. I don't think this is urgent. Like, we must get Debo. I think this is a long term play. Mm. And Debo is maybe for a team that wants to win today.
3: Mm. I don't think it has to be urgent either, but I think they should aggressively go for him. I think the answer is yes. I think it's an overwhelming yes. They should go for him. Give him the 10 and don't think for a second about it for a couple of reasons. One, what we talked about yesterday was the Niners, I don't think, can afford to lose Debo for the sake of the growth of Trey Lance. They need him. Imagine giving Debo to Zach Wilson in year two and Mike LaFleur gets in and says, We're going to do this and this. He's going this way. And Zach, just hand it off and get the hell out of the way and we'll build around you. I love that for New York and a team that's going to have to try to take a shot at beating the Bills this year. But more importantly, it's that time of year where I do a duty and remind the people that although we get very seduced this time of year by draft picks, Mm -hmm. draft picks in the NFL are scratchers. You go to the gas station and buy a ton of them and you take a penny and you scratch it off and most of the time you don't win. We get so uh, in love with them and feel like they're the keys to the castle. You have a bunch of draft picks. Most of them don't work. Do you know the percentage of first-round picks, not, not second, first-round picks that play four seasons or fewer with the team that drafted them? It's about 40%. Mm. About 40%. And that's the first-round picks. Those are the guys are like, this is going to be our franchise. It's a lot. So this idea that we can't give up these draft picks for De- Debo is a sure thing. You put them in the offense and go. And listen, the idea of falling in love with draft picks, look at what the Rams did years ago in this RG3 trade. And they're like, we're set for the next decade. We're going to do it. Disaster! Everyone thinks they're going to be the Herschel Walker trade for the Cowboys. The Cowboys haven't done that since. Come back now, all these years later. The Rams are winning Super Bowls literally with mugs that say "Bleep Them Picks" because they get it. If you have a chance to trade a scratcher for actual cash money, you do it, of course. And I think that's what they should do for Debo, without a doubt. Would you trade the four pick? A four's pretty precious. I would say a ten and maybe another one, so but the four is rare. So the big
4: scratchers. Those are yeah, good. four
3: stars. Those are those ones that you win. You know, the giant tickets. But look. I'm not saying it's it's completely out of question, I'm not. I'm not. Not for, not for something that good. But the 10, the 10's pretty precious, too. Yeah. And in a second for Debo. But for a second. sure Gash thing.
5: rules everything around me, for sure. I, when you look at the Jets, too, they, know, they got a little bit of that history that you're talking about with the scratch-off. Because Elijah Moore got a promising career ahead of him. But Mims, I mean, they, they've been looking yeah. for Mims. who They kind of missed on already. So for them, it may be more 50% right now. I think for Debo, going to the Jets completely changes the identity of this offense. Last year, I mean, Zach Wilson threw for nine touchdowns. Debo ran for nine touchdowns on his own. Wow. So instant That's offense. Incredible. That's right that. here for the Jets. You're talking about beating the Bills, just like we were talking about Tua needs to find a way to beat the Bills. Yeah. You've got to score some points. Mm-hmm. You know Josh Allen's going to sling it all over the yard. So I think Debo definitely changes the offense, not just from the, in the passing game and the running game, but from the mindset. Like, the Jets, when you look at them, do you look at them and say, wow, they're a physical team? Oh, but you bring a guy like Debo in, and now all of a sudden they got they've a guy. got some teeth. They've got a guy that's willing yeah. to run over the middle of the defense and run through a safety, run through a corner. A guy that's willing to come in and crack back on a defensive end on, a, on an outside zone play. That's what you want in that locker room if you're Joe Douglas and if you're Salah right now. That's that's what you want. I want a physical guy on offense who's punishing people. Mm -hmm. That's who Debo is. Now, Mm -hmm. the question, Kyle, is, all right, it's all about the price tag, right? I mean, look, Mm -hmm. I think if it's a 10th overall pick straight up, no doubt about it. But what, you got to throw something else in there. I don't think the 49ers are going to give him up for just a 10th pick. So is it a future draft pick? Is it another draft pick a player. in this draft? And then also the money aspect of it. All right, we're going to have to pay this guy a big-time contract. Yep. The age is definitely in their favor for that. But, um, look, the, I mean, the Jets have the capital. They've got they've got later picks in this draft that they could use. But I think for Debo, for him to go to the Jets and and, and, and to bring that personality – I think that would be everything. That, yes, that might would. be more than the production on the field. The
4: question is, what happened I here?
5: I got, gotta go fast.
3: And here's my Jumped question
4: for you. Should I not be concerned with that if I'm the Jets or any taker? The relationship is huge with Sala and LaFleur, Mike mm-hmm. LaFleur, because that's going gonna, gonna to be based. How did this go south so quickly? Mm-hmm. There are certain trades, like the Tyree Kill trade, right? Clean. Couldn't come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they sort of let him go where he wanted to go, right? Clean, pretty, This doesn't, this feels weird, Kyle. This doesn't feel like that. What are your thoughts there?
3: Well, what I don't want is I don't want a relationship where Michael Ford says, Debo, great, we we got you. I've got all these great plans for you. And Debo says, whoa, whoa, hold on. I'm a wide receiver. (laughs) That's not going to fly. No, we're going to do the San Francisco thing with you, and we traded for you. So I know what you're saying is that why isn't San Francisco lying down in traffic to keep Debo from leaving? And maybe they are. Maybe they are, maybe they do love him, maybe they would never let him leave. So, why are you letting him go? Good question, but I don't know if San Francisco necessarily kids.
7: This is the GMFB official mock draft. We divvied him up, there's four of us, we had two teams each, and it got really interesting early. K, taking Malik Willis off the board, which kind of set everyone in a tizzy, mm. and we went from there. Well, yesterday were the first eight picks, and we decided we had so much fun. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep going. Let's go. The ninth overall pick in the 2022 GMFB Mac draft are the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Sean O'Hara, you are on the clock representing Seattle.
5: Seattle Seahawks with the ninth overall selection in the 2022 NFL draft. Pete Carroll gets a left tackle for his boy, Drew Locke. Give me Evan Neal. Evan from Neal. Alabama. Yeah. They're going to be saying roll tide all the way up there in Seattle. The 12s, they're going to have it. And I can't wait to hear Evan Neal after he gets drafted. You will Thursday. With the 10th overall pick, Kay Adams. Oh. You
4: will be representing
5: the New York Jets. You're on the
4: clock. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ooh. With the 10th overall pick, so wait, who did we take? We took Thibodeau. You took two. I took, though, yeah, For the earlier, Jets. Earlier. That matters here because you've got teams with multiple sure. picks. So that, I think that so Sal is happy he got his pass rusher. We need to help offense. We need to help Zach Wilson. So with 10th overall in the 2022 fake good morning football NFL draft, the New York Jets select Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams,
7: a <inaudible> wide receiver. Hey, hey, hey,
6: hey. I
4: like it. Chef's kiss. We want the well-rounded most complete receiver. I've been saying that over and over again like a broken record on the show for weeks. He's going to New York.
7: With the 11th overall pick, we have a new team name. What? We have a new jacket. The Washington Commanders are now
3: on the clock. Kyle Brandt, do the honors. We got money to spend, and we are going to spend it on guess who? Drake. With the 11th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select Drake London. Okay! Wide receiver, USC. As he said on energy, bleep going online, that ain't part of my day. I don't care what you think of that pick. He is changing locations from Heritage Hall to this nation's capital.
7: With the 12th overall pick, I will do the honors and I will take the selection for the Minnesota Vikings. Great spot for the Vikings to be in. A lot of players fell to us here. Going to say, with the 12th overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings will take Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Another offensive tackle. He fell to us. We're taking him. Go,
3: New man for the Minnesota Vikings. Sean (laughs) O'Hara, you'll
7: be representing the Houston Texans with their second
5: first round pick at 13th overall. So with the 13th overall pick, I've got the Houston Texans selecting from the Golden Domers and Notre Dame, uh, Kyle Hamilton. Right, Kyle. You got a guy at the front end that's that's a bulldog. He's going to get after the quarterbacks. Now you got a guy in the backfield playing center field that's got unbelievable range. Kyle Hamilton, special player, special set of... Love player. it. My man, Sean. Now we head down to Baltimore, Maryland. Unfamiliar territory
7: for the Ravens. Top 15 pick, K. Adams. No, it's we'll weird. The
4: With the 14th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, I want like a... Like a Tough, nasty Ravens guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like a real Ravens player. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Trevor Penning. Wrong. Trevor Penning, yeah, I like it. Kind of opposite Ronnie Stanley kind of vibe, that's what we're doing. We're going definitively Trevor Penning. Okay!
7: <laughs> okay Iowa Home And now with the 15th overall pick for the City of
3: Love. Howie Roastman, you are up to get roasted no matter what you do. The (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles. Off that collar. Represented by Kyle Brandt. Might be the biggest person in this draft, might be the biggest person in our organization, Welcome to Philadelphia, pray for Pat and Genos because I see a man who is 6'6", 341, who runs a 4'740 with the 15th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the 2022 NFC East champion, Philadelphia Eagles select Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. That is our guy, put it up there. We now have him and Fletch, and pray for that guy named Carson who plays whatever that team's called now. We love this
6: pick. Go, Birds! Jordan Davis! Let's go! Okay,
3: Okay, I've got the
7: Saints pick here at 16. Rounding out the top 16, there are some players who have fallen. The New Orleans Saints with the 16th overall pick will pair Michael Thomas from the Ohio State University with Garrett Wilson out go of ahead. the Ohio State University. Another wide receiver for the Saints. They now go wide out, wide out, out of Columbus. Saints, Garrett Wilson, that is the pick. This I love doing simulations mm-hmm. in the draft. What jumps out? What jumps out? Jermaine Johnson falling all the way to 17 is, is huge, but I love... Sean, I love that Evan Neal fell to the Seahawks. K, I I love the pick of Jamison Williams. But Kyle, mm-hmm. talk about Drake London coming off the board and then going to Washington, Six four, 215 pounds. Why was that the pick?
3: NFC East type player. Big, tough, physical, uh, uncertain future for Terry McLaurin. We don't know. We want to bring in a guy. And we just love what he does.
4: Cardinals GM Steve Kime had a strong reaction to the idea of trading Kyler Murray. We will react to the picks he made in our mock all next. just six days from the 2022 NFL Draft. We've got schedule releases here as we are live in New York City. My name is Kay Adams. We've got Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara all here. And it is time for the lead block. Lead block. Let's get right to it. Yeah. On a Friday, let's start in the desert, gentlemen. Kyler Murray is not attending voluntary workouts. He still wants that big money deal. Naturally, general manager Steve Kime and head coach Cliff Kingsbury were peppered with questions about their quarterback and that whole fiasco just yesterday. Take a listen.
6: There's been a lot of speculation out there about the possibility of you guys trading Kyler. Could, could you Can you rule that out? Zero chance. What's it like being with a high-end a high kind of contract squabble or whatever you call this with Kyler? I know you and Kyler talk and, you know, being the middleman, like how what is your role in this situation yeah I think we both understand um, to keep it on a professional level we just talk football you know we talk how we can get better schematically X's and O's Um, he always wants to know about personnel you know who we're bringing in who we're trying to sign who we're trying to draft but it's it's all about football
4: I mean I'm wearing waiting for Cliff to drop the skincare routine and to drop the information about what happens with them in this situation. No chance of a trade says the GM Kyler did tweet this yesterday. I want to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals. AZ is home. That was in response to former Cardinal Patrick Peterson saying the cards don't put the team in a position to succeed every year. It's quite an indictment, and Kyler's not going to sit around and wait. Both sides saying the quarterback isn't going anywhere, and they'll add some pieces, of course, six days from now at that NFL draft in Vegas. Can't Kyler Murray and the Cardinals be contenders in the NFC as is? Sure,
3: and I'm impressed with what we just saw. Good, impressed, honestly, and, and and surprised. I like the tweet from Kyler, and especially the soundbite from from Keim, the GM. That's point blank, zero chance we will trade him. So I don't even, I don't think in today's media, in today's NFL, I don't think you can go back on that soundbite <laughs> on draft night. If you know the Panthers say we're going to give you the world, for, you can't be like, well, we no, they're not trading Kyler. I don't know how they're going to pay him, but to answer to the question, yeah, of course they can compete. I think it's so easy to forget because how badly tainted the end of the season. Was and how badly tainted the off scenes has been, is that they were constructing one of the great seasons that we saw last year to start the season. This was just a movie that fell apart in the third act badly, but the first opening scenes and sequences were spectacular. This was the story that we talked about early on in the season, the first half, before all the numbers and all the statistics just went to absolute crap. Yes, they can get back to that. Teams don't generally go 7-0 and not win a playoff game. The statistics are low. So you're still seduced by that start. And then, okay, you say, well, now they're going to get to the NFC and psh, I don't know what the hell the Seahawks are doing. I- I'm not sure Trey Lance is a player or not. So there's the division outside the Rams. Devontae has gone. Uh, Russell Wilson is gone. Like, yeah, they can. If they're, if they're doing more of this Kumbaya stuff about, I want to win Super Bowls and we're never trading Kyler, as long as there's some little action to back it up because Kyler's still that I, I want to be paid, and I, I, we still have on record that you know, you're know you not going to play unless you are. So it's not exactly like the chicken is in the pot yet. Um, it sounds great. They have the talent. I think they're going to draft offensively. They have a first-round pick. They're not one of these teams that gave it away. So they should be really good, and their division is not. Let's see where the pen meets the paper before the cleats meet the grass, and we'll see if that actually works out. Because. As nice as this is, what date is it today? October 22nd? <laughs> what about August 22nd? And he's sitting there like that in his April, yoga studio at home.
7: October 22nd. What'd I say? It's
3: October. It's I tonight. wish it was. <laughs> God, I wish it was October 22nd. We'll be on Candy. every
7: single day until then.
3: Don't worry. I looked at my phone and it said April 22nd and I said October 22nd? That's how bad that I want to be football yeah. season. Um, I just hope Kyler does too. I got excited about
7: the Cardinals watching that and that's the first time I've felt yeah. this way since Damn. the end of the season. Like, Keim and Kingsbury seem on board and they're in the same boat. They both got their long-term extensions and then for Kyler to tweet that, that's great news. He wants to be in Arizona so we can figure it out. All that stuff in between, we'll figure it out. I really do think they will. And then you start looking at this team. DeAndre Hopkins. What if he comes back with a vengeance? Rondell more. what if he's as good as they hope he was Come when they took him in the second round right let's go AJ Green is back James Conner's back the entire offensive line is back you look at the NFC you mentioned it Kyle it got it got drained this offseason I mean when you lose Devante Adams and you lose all these pass rushers and all these guys go to the other conference suddenly the cream will rise and DeAndre Hopkins is the most important player right now for this team to click because we've seen it now empirically last year and this this is their, their record with him in the lineup, and it's they were a good team, They're, and their points per game are incredible. When he's not in the lineup, guys, they averaged 30 a game last year when he was in the lineup. They averaged 20 a game when he wasn't. The season went to crap when he was out, mm-hmm. and Kyler's throwing the ball, and he's trying to make it work. I feel good about the Cardinals. I think I feel better about the Cardinals going into this season than I did last season. Mm. because of the level of competition elsewhere and because of another year with all these guys together. And I think there is security in a a long-term extension for the GM and the head coach where they don't have to make a rash decision. They don't have to trade six players to try to win right now. Like, we're good. We're going to be fine. We'll take care of Kyler. We'll figure that out. I really do honestly think so. I think that they're all tied to Kyler. Like, Keim mortgaged the future and traded Josh Rosen after one year for Kyler. Cliff left college and left USC for Kyler. I don't think they're going to give up on Kyler. It's just if Kyler can find a way financially to make it work with the Cardinals, and I'm hoping they do. But mm. I is it feel that sim- really good? Is it
4: that simple, Pete? Like the, that date, the, the DeAndre Hopkins numbers. He was out, and it all went to crazy town. Yeah,
7: and and they're throwing, and they're like, okay, well, A.J. Green's gonna step up, or Christian Kirk, they're not DeAndre Hopkins. I think he was huge, and if he comes back with a vengeance, like attacks this injury and returns, and we might be seven and zero again next
5: year. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Kyle, on the Steve Kime stuff. Like, I, I can't get enough of Steve Kime, and him just basically Same. eliminating all opportunity there, zero chance, not happening. Close the door. That's what you should do. I, I, G.M.'s too many times are like, yeah, I'll listen to phone calls. Guess what? People run with that stuff. So I love that he slammed the door on that. But when when you look at Arizona, they were the best team last year. 8-0, right? That Thursday night matchup against the Greenwood Packers, and they, they, they laid an egg, and, and they ended up losing the game, and we're mm-hmm. sitting here talking about, are they one of the best teams in the season last year? And they had the best record for weeks, but I don't think anybody really felt like, man, they are a dominant team. They're taking people over. Mm-hmm. They almost kind of, there's a cliche, you got paper champs. You know, like, they, they they had the best record. They were 11-2, and then all of a sudden, the wheels fall. They lost to Detroit in Week 15. That's like that, that, that can't happen if you want to yeah, be considered but- <laughs> a contender in that division. Right. They've got the defending Super Bowl champs in that division now with the Rams they have to face. When you look at, at Arizona, I think offensively they're going to be okay. My question is defense. Chandler Jones walked out the door. Nobody cool. else has come in, all right? Marcus Golden still there, JJ Watt if he can stay healthy, that'll be a big thing. But losing Chandler Jones is a big blow to this defense. And when you look around that division, everybody offensively is putting up a lot of points. They've got some some guys that can do some damage. You need to replace that void that Chandler Jones has left. Mm.
4: You can say what you want about the losses to Detroit, but then you, then you have to put into the blender, to use your words, mm-hmm. the 7-0 and start and the wins that they had. You mentioned the Rams. They beat the Super Bowl champion rams they beat the niners who were a couple Twice. of minutes of going to the super bowl they beat the number one seed tennessee titans in that seven and zero stretch then the wheels came off hopefully because of deandre i don't know if i like that though because you can't we don't know what deandre is going to look like yep. coming back from injury we don't know if he's going to be available and stay on the field the whole time so it's all kyler kyler has to get everybody on the same page he has to be on the same page and the only way even in a watered down nfc that this happens is if he takes the big step he needs to take this year, right, Kyle? I
3: yeah, and I, I kind of am with you on the DeAndre thing. Like, I don't like that. Uh, Peter, you gotta be like, wham! You lost your wide receiver, your he whole didn't season call, fell he didn't apart.
4: Cry. No, I, I, I,
3: yeah. I feel like maybe you're crying. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of teams lose a lot of players, and that's just part of it. And maybe you take a little step back. And I the think he's in the click. same
7: conversation as Devonte Adams and Cooper Cup and all these guys
3: that we say. And the Packers beat the Cardinals without Devontae Adams. Yeah. yeah. They lost Devontae Adams and they still beat them.
4: And, like, and then you the
7: Cardinals beat the Cowboys without DeAndre Hopkins. Like you can win a game here and there, but you're not winning a Super Bowl
5: without your number one guy.
7: And the, I think the
4: wheels that's the came goal. off, like I completely. I mean, they won
5: two games I know. without DeAndre Hopkins. I, know. I, I think the challenge for young quarterbacks sometimes, too, is finding your voice. Like, I mean, he, He's a young guy. And I know we look at Kyler like, hey, man, they, they traded everything to get you. Mm-hmm. They brought you there. They, they got rid of Josh Rosen and the coach staff and all that. But he's going into his third year now, right? So for, for Kyler, I'm no longer the young pup now. Like, it's time for him to take over. I agree. And now the, the way to take over is to be there every day, obviously, and be the quarterback, be the voice. And now all of a sudden, hey, guys, look, I'm not going to settle for that. Like, somebody else messes up, like, all right, year three, you, you can hold people accountable now. I think that's what Kaim and what Cliff are looking for from Kyler is, look, mm. guys are messing up. You can't just say, all right, hey, it's all good. No, no, no. You need to start to be the accountability guy in the huddle, not just in offense, but on defense too. Mm. Guys need to start looking at Kyler in, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't
4: usually buy into that as much as I feel like other people do, but you're right, the talent is never the question the talent is all there it's who is that voice larry Fitzgerald was that for a long time in that offense there have been guys i don't know who that is and it should be kyler he's got to get on track this season it's draft season almost the end six days until it all happens but path to the draft gets you excited and gets you closer to the next wave of nfl stars our experts break down all major prospects and the latest draft needs for all 32 heading to that first pick in Vegas. It's Path to the Draft weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern and right here on NFL Network. Time for Mad Minute, presented by National Car Rental on a Friday. Guys, the Lions have two first-round picks this year, number two and then number 32. So there's been a lot of speculation on what players, Mm -hmm. what positions they should take. GM Brad Holmes said they're looking for a game-changer. Jared Goff said he'd have no concern, I don't know why I'm doing air quotes, if that game-changer gentleman would be a quarterback. Interesting! Which prospects do you think can fulfill the game-changer criteria for Detroit? Peter?
7: I've got three names, and none of them are the quarterback spot. I think they need to get to that next level with a pass rusher, and there's three really good ones up at the top. I look at Aiden Hutchinson if he falls to them, Kayvon Thibodeau, and I look at Trayvon Walker. One of those three players, I'm giving Detroit an A, because you know what? At the 32nd pick, they can get another player, and that one might be the quarterback, whether it be Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral that's still sitting there. Maybe even Malik Willis if he falls down to the end mm-hmm. of the first round. I think the Lions are in really good shape for this draft with the second overall pick, pass rush, mm-hmm. and then get a quarterback maybe at 32.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they definitely need some defensive help. They took Jeff Okuda, third overall. I think they go Kyle Hamilton here. That could be Second overall. And the, the back end. It's all about beating Aaron Rodgers and the Greenwood Packers, so give me somebody on the back end that could do that. You
3: mm. know, I would have had a different answer five minutes ago, but I say Evan Neal from Alabama. I was really, really impressed with him, and I Think your team drafts an offensive tackle and you have the number two pick, and you're not maybe throwing a party the next day. There's examples. The Buccaneers take Tristan worse The Saints take Ryan Ramczyk. The, the Titans take Taylor Lewan. It's a building block. It's how we're going to have the team we're going to be. We're going to push people around. And I just was so impressed with him. I want him on my team. I've I love you. it. We've got him and Penny Sewell. Yeah. No, yeah. I, let's go. Yeah. Let's run the ball now. That'd
4: be nice. They're taking Malik Willis. Okay, every year we have some sort of shocker pick. There's always something that happens that causes a ripple effect on the other picks to follow. So when in the first round do you think there will be a pick that will shake up the rest of said round?
5: I think this draft could really go sideways with the third pick with Houston. I I feel like we have no idea what Nick Cassero is going to do. We have no idea what the Texans are going to do. They have so many needs. They could also go quarterback here. I I feel like they're probably going to go defense, but they could go quarterback. Everything after that is a domino effect.
3: The New York Giants taking a quarterback in the first round would be a shocker, and maybe not a shocker. Mm-hmm. Huge shocker the last time they did it, and there's a whole different regime, and they're sitting there in quarterback avenue right there with those Panthers and those Falcons, and if they just decided, we want to give Brian Dayball a fresh uh, block of clay to mold, and we love you, Daniel, but uh, we're going to go with the new guy, and that's the one. That's what we get going to talk in the next I week. look
7: at Carolina at six. I think we all think they might take a quarterback, but we don't know, and I think we won't know until that pick is submitted, and whether it be a quarterback, an offensive tackler, or a trade back, Carolina at six is when things might get a little, a little fuzzy.
4: There has to be a trade coming down the line, right? Yeah. Is this the first path to the draft that we've had where we haven't talked about expectations for trades? There'll it's sort of weird, right?
3: There's always <laughs> trades. They just don't work does, with does the it,
7: mocks. Does <laughs> yeah. it seem
4: like they, but usually there's yeah. trades in your there are in there. There's
7: eight teams with multiple first-round picks, so mm-hmm. I think there will be trades.
4: Yeah. At few with your thoughts. Last one, guys, with this mad minute. When asked about the expectations for for the Bills this season, their GM, Brandon Bean, asserted it is not Super Bowl or bust up in Buffalo. They've one of the best teams in the league, of course, over the last few years, adding, making some blockbuster moves. They lost in the AFC Championship two years ago, then in the Divisional Round just last year. Will it be an unsuccessful season for the Bills if they don't at least make it to the Super Bowl, Kyle, in 2022?
3: Mm. They have to win the Super Bowl. They have to win. Not even make it. Win. Right. win. Win? You want that team to go again and lose the Super Bowl? Yeah. Five? That would, in a lot of ways, would be more destructive than not even making it. So this this is going to be the team that has the number one pick in the sense that being picked to go into the season, they're going to be a Super Bowl favorite. You get there and you lose to the Rams? That's uh-huh. bitterly disappointing. This team is so good and so loaded. And Brandon Bean, of all people, knows it. He's being modest, but he built it. Win the Super Bowl this year. Bean's
7: having quite the offseason. He went to the Masters. He was enjoying himself there. He got Stephon Diggs re-signed. He got Von Miller. All of it's for not they don't get to the super bowl i agree i think they have to at least get to the super bowl
5: yeah for josh allen to be able to win one and do something that jim kelly couldn't finish yeah. out that would be huge but i think when you look at this team right now in the bills and i said on the show right here that they went out and got Von miller he's got the leading score on big buck hunter he's a big game hunter that's what this is all about it's all about the big game mm-hmm. everything they do every move that they have done has been to get to the big game man i sure hope they win it. Mm-hmm.
4: If they don't make it there there's just no silver lining what do you tell that team what do you tell that fan base yikes all right the 2022 okay. i think we'll get there 2022 NFL Draft is happening in Vegas. We've been talking a lot about Las Vegas, Sin City, as they call Mm -hmm. it. Those crazy kids, an iconic backdrop. It always is. What is the definitive Las Vegas moment in a movie or show to you?
7: The Hangover, when he shows up without the tooth. I think that's the that's the incredible. Is there something? It's Ed Helms. I'm going. Hangover, toothless, is a definitive moment.
3: I wrote this down in case Peter said, I'm shocked that Peter didn't say Burt Wonderstone. Yeah, I, I thought you were that. going to say Wonderstone, hey. and I'm sorry you didn't. Daniel yeah, no O'Fini's
7: last film, I want to say. No, it
3: definitely wasn't. When he said I was going to hold it, oh, it really? However, we have all done the Vegas thing, and Vegas, Vegas. I have a huge respect for the building of Las Vegas, and the 60s, and the 70s, and the Tangiers. And the moment, with due respect to Ed Helms without a tooth, is Nikki Santoro mm-hmm. putting some guy's head in a vice, or so he'll talk. Joe Pesci in casino, if you want Ginger throwing the chips, if you... You want Don Ace Rickles Austin or Don Rickles playing it straight? I know. Nikki Santoro said we have tortured this guy for 24 hours, and now we're going to put his head in a vice. Is un- unbelievable Vegas moment when Vegas used to be Vegas. That's you what. made me pop your eyeball out of your head for yes. that guy? That's how it happens, Sean. Again, the, the details that Sean goes for are the ones that Wait. I set aside. And I love that you're here for that, Sean. You have a Super Bowl ring. You can say anything. Sweet set up, Maverick. That's it. That's it, my man.
4: We've got lots to get to on the show. Sure. I was waiting for the Hangover cameo performance that was trending on yesterday. I thought somebody was going to go there, but they didn't.
3: I don't know that. Mike Tyson had a moment. Oh yeah. Mike Tyson I beat up somebody it. on a plane. <laughs> I
4: thought it would come up in an anger. That guy got off easy by hey, the way. Peter, will be back on good morning football. Yeah.
3: Antagonize Mike Tyson. Is <laughs> that Peter hard. and
0: Kyle? yeah. <laughs> what are these people?
4: I don't know what is happening right
0: now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.
4: This is GMFB. We are six days away from the NFL draft. My name's Kay, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, both here. As always, Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara wrapping up a week on GMFB. It's
5: been a fun week with you guys. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, You too, uh, bud. Mock drafts. Like, I mean, it's flown by. No doubt.
4: Really? So are you guys ready?
5: Let's do it. Let's do it. Here
4: we go. First down. Kicking it off. Yeah. With Jimmy Garoppolo, six days until the NFL draft, Jimmy G still rehabbing that shoulder. He gave an update on Sirius XM NFL Radio yesterday.
6: No, I'm not where I want to be yet. Uh, the shoulder surgery, obviously, it went well. Rehab's been going great, but it's a process. And so I know that. I knew it going into the surgery what it was going to take to. You know, get the shoulder back right, but you know we'll be throwing here soon. It's got to keep going in the right direction, I think. It's a, it's a long offseason. It's already been crazy with all the trades, guys going to different teams, whatever it is. One of those things that I'm just going to let the chips fall as they may, keep working my ass off like I always do, and you know I think when you do that, good things will happen to you.
4: Kyle, best case scenario for Jimmy G at this point?
3: Best case. He gets a call, and it's the Panthers, and they say, you know, we've been really looking over these draft prospects, Jimmy, and we're just not in love with them, and we'd like to trade for you, and we're going to trade for you, and We're going to trade for Debo, too, and we're going to bring Jimmy and Debo both to Carolina in a package deal. We're going to send you the six, next year's first, and we'll throw in somebody like Robbie Anderson. Jimmy's just sitting there, capable, ready, and it's this fascinating thing about, all right, so take Baker out of the equation for Carolina. I don't think that's a thing going to happen. Do you want to have Kenny Pickett? You love him that much? You Matt Rule, ownership, everybody loves that guy, wants to bring him in, or... Do you want to go to Jimmy and you're going to pay him and he's not going to be spectacular, but he's going to be good and he's probably going to be better than a rookie? And you say, let's try to make this work and let's get really creative and let's get Christian back. Let's do that. That's the best case. Jimmy's looking at his phone, minding his business, and all of a sudden he gets a Charlotte uh, area code and they want to trade for him.
5: For Jimmy G, this is so tough because he's still not 100% healthy. He's got to have the whole medical issue. Yep. And everything. For him, it's also too, he's watching the draft to see, like, all right, I don't want to go sign with a team right now. And then they go draft a quarterback and now I'm just kicked down the mm-hmm. depth chart even more. I think Houston. Right could be an opportunity for him. Maybe, hey, to go there and compete. you got a young quarterback there. Maybe he has a chance. But for him, it's really got to be about the system because he's going to be limited. I don't think he could throw till July. So there's no OTAs, no minicamp. So it's going to have to be an offense that he maybe has is familiar with that he can wrap his head around so that he can hit the ground running when he gets to that team.
7: Yeah, I would say Carolina makes sense, too. I would like it for, for Jimmy's sake that he gets traded and that team not only honors that okay. contract, but then lets him play out the season and can make another contract. Mm. Jimmy Garoppolo's in the final of a contract where he's set to make $25 million this year. doesn't make fiscal sense for the 49ers to keep him along if he's not going to be their starter. But if he goes to Carolina and he balls out and he gets into to the playoffs, he can hit that thing again. and Next year he can make 30 35 for from hey. the team in free agency. So mm-hmm. for me at this time, I don't know if, Texas, if the Houston Texans make a lot of sense. I know that Nick Casario was with New England when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. But I just think that team is in such rebuild mode that I think Carolina might be a better mm-hmm. situation for Jimmy. Can I ask you something?
3: Yeah. I'm saying Percentage chance you think that Jimmy Garoppolo is on the Niners to start the season? It changes week to week, right? Really? Because every week drags
7: on. I feel like the percentage is higher and higher. Really? I think it's the injury. I think no team wants to trade for a guy that they haven't seen throw. But if you're Carolina and it's hey, I don't even know a second or third round pick, mm-hmm. like a future second or third round pick. Gosh, that's that's a better option than right now the the Darnold rookie. I don't know what we're mm-hmm.
5: doing. I wonder if there's any chance he would take a pay cut to stay there? And well, no, why? Oh, they owe him the play. money to be backup. Maybe stay there as opposed to just getting cut. What mm-hmm. if he stays
4: there? Best case scenario, wins the starting job, doesn't get get hurt, and leads this team to the Super Bowl. Like it's not some wild fantasy. He's done it already.
3: Yeah. No. Then why do they draft Trey Lance? Then they're in Jordan Love zone. You know what do they do with him? It's it's messy. It's it always is with this. Are thing. we messy. hearing
4: Trey Lance ready to go? Like
6: not much. Not
3: yet. Get him
4: out there. I haven't heard much of that. No. I think, I think Every week goes by with Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster. Doesn't look so good. All right. Second down. Second hit down. it. <laughs> Our guy, Bucky Brooks, released his latest position rankings this week. Take a look at the edge rushers. Aiden Hutchinson, number one, Peter. The guy you've got mocked to go first overall, Trayvon Walker, is fourth there. So, Sean, you broke down the tape. We all saw it yesterday. Should Hutch go number one to Jacksonville?
5: I just feel like with Jacksonville, they, they need a guy that 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 is a known commodity. Mm. Like I know this guy's going to produce. He's going to there's the production is there. He's going to take over games, and so I think Aiden Hutchison is that guy. Okay. I, I actually we, we joke about Evan Neal, but like <clears throat> in these mock drafts, is what is what do we think
7: they're going to do? If I was a GM, I would protect my prized quarterback at all costs. And if there's three really good offensive tackles in this draft and there's not a standout number one quarterback slash defensive end that's going to be the the next Bosa or it's going to be the next Miles Garrett, I would really long and hard consider for an offensive tackle, whether that be Evan Neal or Ikea Kwanu or even Charles Cross. To me, the entire team, and that includes the Christian Kirk investment, and it includes all the investments across the board, it's all about Trevor Lawrence. Just because you have Cam Robinson who's been in the league for a while on the franchise tag, I I don't think that's the reason why you stay away. I don't know why we're not hearing offensive tackle to the Jaguars, especially now where it's like Hutchinson or Walker. Well, all right, draft Evan Neal. He's going to start for you for 10 years on either side. And you're protecting your best investment. You could at least go to sleep at night. So I would
3: go offensive tackle, but I'm not a GM. I go Hutchinson. How do we know he's not going to be Bosa? It, he might be. I get so triggered by all these slights of him, and I've talked about this a lot. Yeah. And everything is a one-year wonder. His, his anchor's anchor is not low enough. His pad. Low, I, he just looks great. He looks. maybe he, maybe he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. He looks like a 12-sack guy as a rookie. I just I watch him play. I'm like, that guy's a maniac. I want him on my team. And wh- let's think about this. What's what's Jacksonville really trying to put together? Can we maybe win the AFC South in the next few years? What's that, what's standing in our way right now? Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan and Davis Mills? Let's go sack the crap out of those guys with this maniac from Michigan and line him up for the next six years, and he gives us double-digit sacks. Reggie White? I don't know. Joey Bosa? Yeah, I think we could. I really do, and I like him. You
4: really, you're really, you stuck on this hutch at number one. I really respect it because I'm not used to you being this way. Mm. I do think he's he's the victim a little bit of the safe floor talk. Mm-hmm. You know you but just because he has a safe floor, because, I mean, let's just wrappers a swing. That's all potential. You mm-hmm. know, Hutchinson is athletic, and he's got the, the safer floor, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have potential. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a high ceiling, right? And I think he's a little bit of a victim of that. I
3: don't even have a thing where I like him that much. I get mad when people don't like him. Like, I think he has unfairly criticized because for some sort of immeasurables that he doesn't live up to. I just watch him play, and I, I'm, again, not every single down is he dominating, but his, his height I think is great. I think it's a little weird that he's always compared to the Bosa's constantly and why he's never compared to Chandler Jones. Yeah, right? I, I think it's, it's I'm annoyed odd. by that. Too. So I, I hope he goes number one, and I, I think he's gonna be. He, great. He's like a good
5: hunting dog too, you know. Like hunting dogs, you don't have to teach them a damn thing. They just know. Mm. They just know. They know what to do.
2: Unbelievable.
4: Happy weekend, guys. can The weekend starts now. See ya. We out.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.